0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Did you finish Did you that? Chug that? <laughs> we're, about one half, we're about halfway there. We're just saying that he's off to a nice start. Why does it have to be all or nothing all the time?
2: Like, what am I doing? I'm doing it for the show, Field of 68, till I
0: die. This is the Field of 68 After Dark show, the only place that you need to be for college hoops every single night.
1: This is the Field of 68 After Dark on this Tuesday night, December the 13th. I'm John Fanta. Terrence Oglesby is here. Patrick Young is here. We're just resetting things because we came on the air and in our audio... Trevor, release. It's not your bad at all. It's You're still on our nice list, which we're going to unveil tonight, everybody. In the holiday spirit coming up on tonight's show, which college basketball teams are on the nice list? Who is about to get coal this Christmas? I have a feeling that these guys, where they might be going in terms of who is going to get coal. And we'll see if Terrence Oglesby will go to the Atlantic Coast Conference to hand out some coal. Because, T.O., you would make a good elf. Thank you. You it's would. the
2: ears. It's the ears. That's what it is. And
1: I've seen t- I've seen Santa Claus at the Oglesby household. I have seen it. I've seen him stop by. That's all I'm going to say on the show.
2: That son but- of a bitch was hitting on my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I, knew I did it.
1: not expect that line to be dropped at 11.05. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. Um, Memphis and Alabama tonight, folks. What are you seeing in this game? It's going... It's been close throughout. I mean, on a night where Memphis has not shot the basketball that well, they've stayed in the game here, 68-62, just over six minutes left. With Alabama, is Brandon Miller the best freshman in college basketball?
2: In my mind – I said it before the season. I think he's going to be a, the first freshman picked in the NBA draft. And the reason is he just has so much ability with the basketball. He's so skilled. Fran Fraschilla said he's an above-average NBA athlete. He's not an elite one. And I agree with that because you, these elite athletes, the so LeBrons, the John Moran, it's like he's not that. But I would say he's the next tier down. But he just brings so much to the floor and with his passing ability, ability to handle it at 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, uh, but more impressive than anything, the more you look at it, the more you notice like how good Alabama is defensively. And mm, a yeah, few years yeah. ago, whenever they made that massive run, they were a consensus top five team. Everybody was putting them up there. Like that's where they thrived. That was on that end of the floor yes. and they continue to guard at a high level. I am going to be honest with you guys. It's a minor miracle that Memphis is uh, as close as what they are because, you know, Alabama still has a lot of things to figure out offensively, but their defense is going to be able to hold them up.
3: Well, I wouldn't say it's a minor miracle. Uh, you know, you're playing against a team that's only taken six three point attempts and, and <laughs> missed them all. Uh, you know, if they could knock down a few of those, this would be a little bit uh different of a game. But I do agree with you completely in regards to how this Alabama team is defending and they take pride. Uh looking at how Jaden Bradley just takes ownership, has has taken ownership in guarding uh Kendrick Davis tonight. Uh Noah Gurley, uh Noah Clowney, both of those guys. They have a squad that just wants to fly around. They want to get stops. Um, uh, if Memphis was a little bit, uh, you know, they're shooting 42% from the field right now, have made uh, seven more field goals than Alabama. But again, uh the three-point line and the free throw line are neutralizers. Bama, you know, that's that's their that's their their quota. You know, we're gonna get to the free throw line, we're gonna get a lot of threes up. Uh, we're going to get up and down. We're going get, to get layups as well. So it's good. I, I agree with you to see this team uh, defending much better than they did last year, especially in tight games. I was really, I uh, don't know Brandon Miller, but I was proud of him last game for even though he was 0 for 8, he finished 8 of 9 um, down the stretch from the free throw line, which was able to seal that game against Houston.
2: And that's it's a fine. mentally tough thing to do. Like you're yeah. struggling that much. Like, to be able to regain your composure and knock down shots, like, those are easily the only good looks he had all game because of how (laughs) he used his defense. But, like, that's a big-time move by a kid that's, what, 18 years old? Yeah. Like, to be able to do that, that's huge.
1: So this is down to a three-point game here with less than five minutes to go. And I would say this. It's not often in 2022 college basketball, nor alone against the team that currently has the number four next to their name number four team in the country you're talking about, and you're playing at their place. Yeah. If I had told Penny Hardaway, Penny, you're not going to make a single three. You'll be 0 for 6 from 3, but with five minutes to go in the game, now four, just a little over four minutes left, you're going to be in a three-point game. What would you have said?
2: I mean, you're taking that any day of the week. Where do I sign? Yeah, exactly right. And when you're playing a team at that level, and Patrick, no, he's played, he played in a ton of these games, like – on the road against a top ten team, you're looking to hang around and give yourself a chance in the last four minutes. Memphis has done that, and they've done it largely just off playing hard, making these energy plays, and just being old dudes who just continue to battle. Like they're not, they don't have the skill level that they had last year, but they play so well together and they play so stinking hard. It's they've got a Memphis uh, personality about this team, and Memphis is a tough city, and they love Memphis music. Y'all don't, the, yeah, my, y'all don't know My the my my
3: initial thought process, if I were spots. to hear hear that as Coach Hardaway, I would say we must be we must be dominating the paint and we must be defending the three point line ourselves if we're staying in the game. And it you know not necessarily the case early on, um, but they're they overall defending for the most part pretty well. Um, you know, I, I wasn't sure how Mark Mark Sears was going to fit into this Alabama offense. Oh, perfect! Uh, he's been awesome. Uh, shoots it well, gets to the basket. He's tough. Uh, I mean, everything that you would want from somebody that's come from a conference that was leading and you, you immediately want to input them in the system to win and help the team, he, he's been awesome. So, um, you know, I look at this Alabama team. I wouldn't say, you know, last last week I was talking about this team arguing, argue, arguably being number one. Um, I still think, you know, UConn is, should rightfully take that position as of now, but Alabama is – Really right, really right there. They're they're not they're not far off. But UConn, after how they how badly they beat my Gators uh, last week, how they manhandled them for the entire game, I said, wow, this Yukon team is on
2: another level. UConn would beat UConn would beat Alabama by ten points. They yeah. beat them by double digits.
1: Do you think Alabama's the best team in the SEC?
3: Best team in the SEC.
2: Um,
3: yeah, I would say it's it's between probably them the most ta- one of the
2: right most talented like them and Arkansas are probably the most talented. I, but I think that right wasn't now, my que- like,
1: that wasn't my question. I know. I'm getting if to I, it. I if I, but if I think Tennessee home, would be I
2: think Tennessee beat the dog out. Like they would just beat, they beat them up. The
1: okay. So you're telling me that Tennessee's the best team in the SEC then? Can you trust Tennessee offensively? Because I still can't.
2: As of December thirteenth, in the year of our Lord, twenty twenty two. Right. Tennessee's the best team in the SEC today. Why? Are they going to be the best team in the SEC at the end of the season? I don't think so. Why but I is I, think, I think today Tennessee's the best team in the SEC.
1: Why is that? Yeah, why? I
2: just think that if they went head-to-head with Alabama, I think that they would be so physical that they would uproot some of these guys p- trying to play hard. Okay. Like Tennessee – like I, when I saw them in person at the battle for Atlantis, like they dwarfed Kansas – they dwarfed anybody they played, and like it was pretty amazing. Really, like their size against Southern Cal, who's not a small team. Like it was pretty. It was pretty impressive,
1: guys. It was Southern Cal. I can't remember who it was. It, here's my thought process: the thought process that I take from that course of logic. If we're talking about this debate, the fact is we weren't sure exactly what Alabama was going to be going into the season. Right. Because you could you couldn't have fully knew what Brandon Miller and Noah Clowney and company were were going to do, but they've been great. It's a testament to Nate Oates. We came into the season stating that Kentucky, Kentucky, have what it took to be a Final Four contender, and as we sit here on this Tuesday night, their case right now is potentially for fourth best SEC team. Well, is that the world we're living in is, is well, Kentucky number four in the sec because if it's Tennessee and Alabama at the top and then it's Arkansas, or, or do you guys believe that as the season goes on that Kentucky's going to make a move up? Well,
3: I, I, I'll i say this. Kentucky is leading the sec in three point percentage right, right now. Right. And years have passed. That has not been the case. Uh, uh, Antonio Reeves, C.J. Frederick's not even playing that much. It's been Cason Wallace. He's shooting 51% uh, from three right now, uh, something that I did not foresee. I knew he could shoot it. I knew he was a good uh, uh, catch-and-shoot guy. I didn't know that he would ha- have the ability to help the team this much. I think Kentucky for sure. You know, Oscar hasn't had an Oscar game, a 20-20 game yet. After, after last game against Yale, um, seeing how he has – he seems to understand the mission. Obviously, after he took it to heart the most, I think, in that loss last year to St. Peter's. Um, I think he is one of those guys that not only leads his team by example, but now is leading vocally. He literally told his guys at halftime last game, uh, give me the ball. They can't stop me. I'm going to score every time. And that is literally exactly what he did, because I look at Xavier Wheeler and I, I love the kid to death. Awesome. But he can't shoot it very well.
1: No, but he can't shoot the ball. So a defense could just play right off of them.
3: But if if they if you can't take Oscar's ability to touch the paint, um, to really affect the game, it it will open up opportunities for Xavier, who is also again leading the SEC in assists this year. I think he, he's on track to be the, the the third or fourth player to ever do it three seasons in a row. Um, but yeah, I mean Tennessee looks really good. I think uh, after watching that game against Maryland. Um, I, I just don't think if these, if Alabama and Tennessee matched up, I, it, you know, Alabama is not Maryland. Uh, Alabama will make more than Yeah. Two- but
2: the Tennessee's got something wrong in New York, man. That's two years in a row. They've just Seriously. laid it But <laughs> they, man, they, they played the world's ugliest game last season, came in a distant second this year, but like, it was, I, you know what, like what, what, what is better at the beginning of the se- season, Patrick offense or defense? Oh, defense for sure. Okay, so T- Tennessee has the number one defense in the country.
1: Yeah, they have the right? number
2: forty-six. They have the number forty-six offense in the country. That's why I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt right now.
1: Uh, but, but Terrence, the problem with that is, is that they've showed us before that their offensive flaws have ended up mounting when it matters most in March, and their offense becomes predictable. Guys, how many times do you see the elite defensive team that at the end of the day has trouble filling up the bucket? You get a team that gets hot from the perimeter, and all of a sudden, you're going home.
2: Yeah, no, there, there's yeah. a lot to be said there, but but also keep in mind, like Rick Barnes' best teams, like had quick guards and a bunch of tough, rugged dudes, but they haven't always been all that tall. Like, look at PJ Tucker. Look at uh, was it Damian James? Like some yeah. of these guys, like Kendrick
1: he, Davis. I'm sorry to interrupt. I mean, how good is Kendrick Davis?
2: Unbelievable. He's he's very good. I love
1: why, the way is, he un- why the game. is he unbelievable. Why is he unbelievable? Well, his I love the way he started problems. the game
3: as a distributor here. He really stri- stroves because he knew this was going to take a point for him to have to take over this game, and uh, he's hey. trying to. And maybe to ease some pressure off himself by helping his teammates get involved. But Alabama uh, has been so keyed in and locking on him. And what does Kendrick Davis have right now in this game? He's got a uh, – He's got a 28, 28
2: and five assists.
1: It looks like Alabama's going to come away, though. Big, big three on the wing to go up 80 to 73, not sure if you guys are ahead of me here, but 90 seconds to go in Tuscaloosa.
2: No, you're a little ahead of me, but it's just Alabama had deal. too much else, and Kendrick Davis, like, it took him a while to get going, and obviously you want the ball to move if you're Memphis and Penny Hardaway, but when it comes down to it, you need the ball in your best player's hands, and as unselfish as, he, as Kendrick Davis was at times, he probably needed 40 to get a win on the road against the top five team in the country.
1: Well, and here's the thing. Alabama's hit 10 threes in this game. Memphis has hit none at the end of the day. Now this goes back to a thing with Memphis, right guys. Hmm. This has been Memphis's issue in in past years under Penny Hardaway is there's just not enough on the perimeter. There's just not enough there. They're limited offensively as good as Davis is. And, and Davis gives them an entirely different dimension. Against the elite, what's it take, Patrick? Like to, to beat a great team on the road, how big is it when you know you've got complimentary shot makers?
3: Oh, it's huge. It's, uh, and that's, that's why I was, I don't know who I was having this debate with the other day about the transfer portal. Grabbing shooters needs to be a priority outside of grabbing a guy like Kendrick Davis for sure, someone that's going to be able to take over and light it up and, and do it a multi, multitude of ways, get to the free throw line pull up, uh, obviously not great three-point shooters, but being able to surround, like look at Kentucky, having Antonio Reeves right now, mm-hmm. like, they returned uh, this season and had, uh, with all the guys that returned, only 20 made three-pointers for that entire roster of the guys that re- that came back from the team last year. And to have a guy that not only can shoot it, but can uh, dynamically get to the basket uh, is, is big time. But nowadays in basketball, if you can't make the three, and I'm not saying, again, I'm not saying you got to shoot 39 to 45%. Uh, but to go, you know, three out of nine um for Memphis's game changes the dynamic, uh, spreads it out for you, opens it up. Uh, because now, you know, I know you guys can't shoot. I'm gonna tell my guys to uh close out, load up the paint, not allow uh easy, you know, n- nothing easy in the paint.
2: Um, but but part, the of, Memphis, part of Memphis's situation too, Pat, is like throw it up there and let your athletes go get it. Right. You know what I mean? Like we we we're trying to have a bunch of Patrick Youngs in there. We're just gonna throw it at the rim and hopefully we can go get one. But Alabama
3: is the best offensive and defensive rebounding team in the SEC right now. That's another yeah. contributing factor to They're so big, man.
2: So, They're so big everywhere. Yeah, you just got bodies never, everywhere. Hey, I was looking at your roster. I was looking at your roster when you played. This was 2012. You want to hear the shooters on his team, Fanta? Bradley Beal, <laughs> Kenny Kenny Boyton. Irving Walker. Dudes. If they played today and the game was more structured for them, like four shooters and big Pat in the middle, I mean, I'm not saying then, they're a national, hey, I'm not saying they're competing with Alabama, but they're top twenty five. You know what I mean? You, you're sleeping on Eric Murphy at the four. That's hey, they were ahead of the game, man. So hey, you want to talk about complimentary shot making? He knows about it.
1: Well, you have to. It. I think Patrick, you make a great point because some of these teams they get. They get after the lead guard, or they go after that postman, and sometimes via the portal, like I was talking with coaches about this last week. I'd be curious to get what your guys' thought process is. I was with, and if you're smart enough, you'll figure out who it was. I was with a Big Ten coach this past week, and he says to me, when we bring in a transfer, he goes, look, we've got – We've got ways in which the the kid in the portal can get some dollars, okay? We got ways that he could come to our institution and and, and NIL and all that, okay? But he said, if I hear a kid on his visit or someone in his circle bring up, so what's in it for us, I I can't do it. Not on the initial visit, I can't do it because that's not what we're in it for and that's not, we're not going to win games thinking that way. We're just not. Like, what's that dynamic in, in 2022 when you're looking at the portal? How much do you have to balance sacrificing talent versus saying, look, this guy is that dude. And if I've got every penny, I don't give a damn what I have to do.
2: That's a conversation. I had a conversation with somebody the other day. And they're like, well, this team is dealing with this and this team is dealing with that. I'm not going to go into which team we were talking about because everybody has these NIL problems. But, like, when they're on the floor, you better coach them. I don't care what guys are getting paid, Yeah, if that makes sense. Like, you'd want the best talent, obviously, but obvi- but if your priorities are in a certain order, like, you have to think, like, what, what fit is best for me. And people to forget, guys, like, NIL is great in theory. Until your ass isn't playing well, and then you're just not making as much nil money. I think that's the biggest key that people are forgetting. Like, put first things first. Like, you better play well, then the money will come. Don't look for the money, and then like, ah, well, I guess I'll show up. Like, that's not how this works. Okay, you're getting a crash course in capitalism. <laughs> how, how do
3: you decipher? How do you know? You know, not every every wolf or is is uh, you know wolf in sheep's clothing is, isn't going to just say I'm about myself yep that's why you know uh, a lot of teams look their best in the preseason they haven't really faced anybody yet they haven't really seen adversity and when the shot's not falling when coaches aren't playing you if if coach the coach builds that relationship
2: on I just don't want to step on toes to your points here you got to coach a guy no you got to coach him I don't care if there's If there's like, for example, like some kids are focused on just that. They're trying to get paid right now because a lot like guys, let's be honest. There's a lot of really good college players are not going to be NBA players. And like those guys that are able to grab 250 grand or 300 grand, that's much more than they're going to make in Europe their first four years plan for sure. Like people don't realize that like you go to Europe, if you get a good deal in year one out of college, you're getting 50 grand. Like, people think, like, oh, you're gonna, I'm going to go to Europe, make a million dollars, get paid over here more than the rookie men. No, you're not. Like, so I, I understand. There's a portion of me that understands, like, hey, if you can go get your money, do that. But you yes. have to understand one thing before another. What's up?
1: I am so sorry. But somebody tweeted, I have to credit the, tw- the, the tweeter. Yeah. At KJ underscore Paul tweeted, DeAndre Williams of Memphis, parentheses, kicked off his parents' insurance, will not be returning to tonight's game. <laughs> oh, oh,
2: my goodness, great! That's a good one.
1: If you were 26 in college, Patrick, if you were 26 years of age in college, what would you have been doing?
3: Uh, Be careful before you answer I that, Patrick. Three, three degrees
1: at that point, maybe, right? Bar answer. Right, Tio. Smart answer. Smart answer. Twenty-six. He's 26
2: I, I, years old. Like, what could you be enjoying in college at 26? Like, oh, what I you got.
1: About- oh, I got some ideas.
2: No, well, I'm sure you do, Fancy. You better you better calm it down over there. We got another 35 minutes of the show, sir.
1: We never <laughs> work together on this show, and we probably won't this season ever again. <laughs> but, but don't ask don't that's the dumbest question. Why would you ask that question? What a dumb question by you. If you're 26 in college, what would you really be enjoying?
3: Cold beer. Yeah, <laughs> cold T- beer.
1: PG-rated answer. By the way, we are going to have someone from Alabama here um, with us. And let's see. We're going to have Brandon Miller. How about oh, that that's for a guest? Oh, that'd be a good one. How about that for a guest? Um, I'm going to make sure of this, but it looks like we're going to have Brandon Miller coming up here as long as we we will stay on as long. We're going to get Brandon Miller, I think, tonight, which would be great. I don't think he's been on after dark this year. I'm almost positive he hasn't been. And he's That's been – we talked a little bit about him here. Well, Alabama on their way to a win here over Memphis. So, for the Crimson Tide guys, I mean, what a, what a start to the season. What a job. I'll tell you what. I think Nate Oates has to be under consideration for national coach of the year at this point. What's he built there? What's what's he been able to build for Alabama at a school where football is always going to be king? Pat.
3: Well, he's, outside of excitement and championship, uh, Coach Oates has made this place. He, and I love what he does in, in his uh, recruiting style, recruiting close to home and finding those top kids. It's his style of play. It's his, it's his system that is so enticing. Um, it would be for me as well, uh, especially for guards. Haven't really seen too many big guys that just explode. I think Charles Bediaco, I'm looking for him to make a big jump, but
2: I think he's been pretty good this year. He's been pretty. I'm I'm like,
3: jump like, uh, like, oh man, like he's an NBA guy type thing. I I don't know if I've seen that, uh, with him yet, but for their offense, well, all he really needs to do finish, protect the rim, uh, you know that i mean that's really it a lot of that's that's great for overseas but their style of play the three and d getting it up and down i mean as you said outside of javon quimley the ball stops in his hand a little bit but he finds a way to make some some great passes and get things done but i i absolutely respect the heck out of coach Oates. last year was an outlier of a year he had the guys it just seemed like everyone wasn't bought in Mm -hmm. um they, I mean, especially – they had the wins. They they beat Houston. They beat Gonzaga. Uh, and then they lose to
2: – uh but they lose into the tournament? I can't remember, but they didn't guard last year. They didn't I, guard. They, that's the single biggest difference this year and last year. Like this year, you know, because they play fast, being able to play off a defensive board, being able to play off a turnover where the defense isn't set, like, it's a lot different with that style when guys are retreating and trying to point and talk and get their guys. Whenever you're – like, whenever the other team scores and you're not playing any defense, like last year, they're trying to play fast against a set defense, and you can scout against that. And that's what makes it the biggest difference. But to go along with what Patrick said, what do what they build down at Alabama, Fanta? It's one of those things where you're at a football school. Everybody understands it's a football school. It's never not going to be a football school, even when they were in the early 2000s before Sabin came. Like, it's, it's always going to be a football school. So what can you bring to bring fans into the game? And that's an exciting style. They're playing fast. They're shooting threes. There's a lot of dunks. There's a lot of athletes, a lot going on. And then, you know, he's recruiting at a high level. So whenever you're able to do that, it's a fun, it's an enticing environment because of what they're doing and people enjoy it.
0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Sure. So we think we're going to have Brandon Miller here in the back half of the show. Thank you to Alabama as the Crimson Tide. Keep on rolling, folks, and with just seconds left on their way to a win over Memphis. Let's turn the discussion to a game tonight that was interesting, a mid-major game, folks. Iona and Princeton. This is a game that Iona won, and they came back and won this game. Rick Pitino's team has won five in a row. They beat Princeton 70-64. to 64. They get 20-point performances tonight by a pair of guys in Walter Clayton Jr., and Danish Jenkins, but let's talk about Patino because Iona is rolling. The the NCAA stuff and the IARP, which is going defunct and frankly has been a failure, uh, that's all in the rearview mirror. Rick Patino will be coaching blank next year.
2: Theo, you take that one. You know what? I think there's one. There, there's one other job that I think could intrigue him. And I think it's South Florida. Now, obviously, other things could intrigue him. Uh, there's situations going on elsewhere that could intrigue him, but South Florida in Tampa—it's warm. Patino's getting a little long in the tooth. Like we're not—we're not fooling anybody here. Like people his age like warmer weather. But that being said, like being at Iona that's kind of home for him, right? Like Wingfoot's there. Like he, he enjoys yeah. his life where he's at. So that's a big portion right. of it. So uh, I think he stays. I think South Florida is a bit of a, you know, in, what are they in American? Like, and they have a big good in forever. Like we'll see.
1: Oh, I don't think so, man. You think you he's going he to stay in Iona? at Iona?
2: Yeah. I think he's No,
1: let me be very
2: clear. Okay. Let's, let, let's, let's stir the pot. Fanta. Let's stir the pot. Where do you think he's going to go?
1: Okay. Before I say where he's going to, I think I think USF is the front runner. Yeah, the irony is Steve Massiello can't go with him uh, because that was a huge issue with Mass uh, trying to get hired, and and there's all that drama. Could you see Steve Massiello taking over at Iona? What a plot twist that would be. Oh. Uh, having said this, guys, forget about USF for a second. If you're a power conference program that is contemplating change. That's contemplating change. And if you're a power conference program that cares about winning, then you don't think for a second because a lot of the things that he was doing are legal now.
2: There no. are other things. Hold on now. Hold on, Easy on now. now. Easy. Hold All on bets now.
1: are off. All bets are off. The resident assistant didn't even know what was going on. Hire patino I'm telling you right now, if you're trying to win games, if you're trying to win, are you trying to win? Are you trying to win? Always. Always. Well, then well then, there's no better guy to do it than him. How much longer can he coach trying. in
2: his fashion, though? Like,
1: he's 70 years old. He's 70? He's 70 years old. Another five years. You want to get your program going with momentum. You want someone to turn the job into a better job. Do you know There's that coaches? Do you know that certain coaches don't answer the phone when he calls them for a game? Do you also realize that certain coaches are downright scared to play him? Rick Pitino versus Richard on Sunday in Albuquerque. It's it's unbeaten New Mexico. Do you realize? I I, I don't know Richard very well. Do you Great think? Do you think Richard's going to sleep the night before the game? He'll be shaking in his freaking boots and it's not an insult against him i wouldn't want to touch rick petino with a 50 foot long pole if i were on the other side of a matchup and let me tell you something iona's going to win the mac and if you're the 3 seed or the 4 seed or the whatever seed and you got to face iona in the first round you will be scared the morning of the game so i'm sorry i understand that there's ethics and morals it's 2022 in college sports all those have been thrown out the window You'd be foolish to not look at Ricky P.
2: There's no argument for me. If, if you want to win for the next five years, it's going to take you a year. Year two, he's going to get you to the tournament. There's no argument there for me. Like Rick, like Rick Patino can coach. It's just a matter of who's going to bite the bullet and make that happen. But Iona is not a bad spot for him. Iona's not a bad spot. The pressure's
3: no. light. Life's, Life's good. good. Life's good.
1: But you don't do, wait, but you guys know being a competitor. Patrick, you think Petino doesn't want one last shot at like a higher profile gig to to have his grand exit in college hoops?
2: Oh guys do yeah. I feel like he's pretty comfortable, man. Like I Iona's not a bad spot for him. Like I I don't know. No, I, I, can don't know. I can foresee it.
3: One last shot at a, you know, because he, I know he doesn't like being in a one bid league. That's not
1: exactly. That's,
3: that's the least appealing part about it, right? Um,
1: exactly. Now,
2: South Florida. Now, I will say this: like so, that South Florida gig, a lot of people look at it as a sleeping giant because the enrollment's good. They play in a nice facility. Tampa's a great city. Like great city. it's it's warm. Like there, there's a lot of positives about that job. It's just nobody's really been able to get it going. Like if you need somebody that could get it going. I think Patino certainly could, and then you also have like, there's a ton of talent in Florida, like that that would fit his style of play. Yeah. Like, is hey, you know this like high school basketball in Florida looks a lot different than high Great school basketball in some other states.
1: Okay, like, let me tell you something. Through. Let me tell you my story about South Florida, that then reflects why South Florida should hire Rick Patino. So I covered a game at South Florida as a I was about sp- to
2: say spring break. As 2017.
1: A, as a student at Seton Hall, okay, Seton Hall is going to play at USF. Why nobody knows. It's not a conference game. So, take the plane down for Seton Hall student radio WSOU with my partner, um, who was on the cross country team, by the way. So we had very different lifestyles and diets. So <laughs> we take the we take the plane down to Tampa Bay. All right. We settle into a La Quinta across the way from USF's campus, okay? Put our bags down. I am starving. Mm. I'm starving. Now, the 27-year-old in me, the current day, current age, Tio's been with me for a meal. Yes, I can eat. However, the 19-year-old could do double that. Like, put it away, Pat Young. Put it away. So I go down to the front desk, all right? I walk up to the front desk and I say to the girl, "I say, hey, um, what's a good restaurant that you're known for around here?" And she looks at me and she goes, "I got to tell you, honey, the Hooters down the way is outstanding." Hmm. Yeah. Now, why? Now, Rick Patino is perfect for that neighborhood. Perfect. <laughs> If your recommendation is freaking hooters, yeah. <laughs> USF, bring in Rick Petino. South Florida, you are never going to be more relevant than if you have Rick Petino roaming your sidelines. That's what is true. the cat? What's the beauty of USF basketball? The the answer to the question is you're never going to be more relevant than Florida, Florida State, UCF, who's going to the Big 12.
3: You're you South Florida. Be, you definitely beat Florida State in your first year. That's for sure.
1: You're oh, he'll absolutely, absolutely, USA. That's just
3: Gator hate. all that. That's just Gator hate. That just Gator hate but that's also, Gator they are right two down. and
1: eight or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I think I might know it's getting coal under your Christmas tree. Yeah. Do do the right thing, okay? Do the right thing. Hire Rick Pitino. I I I know I know. The, do the right thing and hire Rick Pitino sounds like a an oxymoron, but if you're trying to win games, it does. <laughs> yeah, it does. But if you're trying to win games, I, I, I'm of the belief that that you that, that that's what you should do. I want to All talk
3: right. to Rick Pitino about how his his stint coaching Greek basketball was, because what a thing that was! That he just hopped up, he coached Nicolaitis and a few other.
1: Oh yeah, Rangers he had them guys. winning. He had them winning. And he's got Iona winning. They've won five in a row. Hey, let's transition here in the back half of the show. Which conference has proven the most thus far? Let's give you a rundown, folks. The Big Ten has six teams in the AP Top 25. It was supposed to be a rebuilding year. It's been the furthest thing from that in the Big Ten. The Big 12 has seven teams in Ken Palm Top 35. But frankly, T.O. and Pat, we expected the Big 12 to be great, right? The SEC has four teams in the Ken Palm Top 15. We expected it to be great, but there's been some unexpected Teams, in terms of the fact that Alabama has rolled all the way up to number four in the country, and Mississippi State hasn't lost a game. Hmm. So, which conference has proven the most this season? To, I,
2: I think the big, like the Big Twelve, just being dominant consistently. Like oh. if you look at their overall record, there's only one team with four losses. It's Oklahoma, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, it's which has competed. Like that team, that that league is ridiculous, top to bottom. You know who's last place in Ken Palm, according to, in the Big Twelve co- Conference right now is Kansas State, and they're nine and one. Like <laughs> that league is murderous. Keontae well. Johnson, baby, let's go! Yeah, Keontae Johnson, really good one. Naquan Tomlin, also a really good one. Like they've got, got they've got pieces, and they're last place in the league, and they're still going to be tough. I think the Big 12, just top to bottom, is so tough. And, and you know, even with what all ha- is happening at Texas, like, it, it, they still have enough to win games, even in the league. Uh, For me, you know, because, uh, you know, primarily
3: SEC, ACC guy, I know a bit of the Big 12. Um, come and see, I've had a few shows uh, on with the Field of 68 and had to, watch, had to, but I'm glad I did, watch a lot of Big 10 games. And I got to tell you, I'm really impressed by that league. It's they beat each other up, man. Stop. They beat, they, they beat each other up. I am like I, I had no idea. Um, but, you know, a little disappointed in Illinois thus far after coming off a big win against uh, Texas to get knocked out by Penn State. But uh, I guess I'm getting into my my nice and naughty list. Been really impressed by Maryland. Um seeing what Kevin Willard has has done with that program. I mean, seriously, if they, they would have won that game if they could could shoot a little bit better than two of 26 from three-point line to beat Tennessee, and the conversation is different. Wisconsin, look, they're making noise. Ohio State thoroughly impressed me in the Maui Classic, and then obviously number one team in the country, Purdue. Uh, Michigan State almost had Gonzaga. I mean, this conference is right there. Rutgers, that play is rocking. They're, they're rocking it at home. Uh, I I got my ass kicked um playing playing the Scarlet Knights uh, back in at 13 and that play it looks good so my my what easy happened
1: one, what, what happened, happened at the rack what happened to you
3: uh they they touched me <laughs> Just
2: <kidding>. uh well, <laughs> <laughs> well I'll tell you what
1: hey today we're,
2: we're there's a lot going on on this show and there's not a whole lot of basketball games. There's, there's not, there weren't a whole what? lot of basketball games on the site today pat
1: what like, did, you, did you they just touched say him they... up
2: they touched him up they were really they played real physical they, they played up. real physical
3: yeah no uh it was a game um <laughs> it was a game i think that's what
2: <laughs> i love this show
1: what is was wrong with mike you <laughs> go
3: ahead
1: go ahead. i
3: think i want to say it was my sophomore year i think yeah. that was when mike rosario was still there at Rutgers and um he just went off on us. The game ended up going in overtime. Yeah, we still had Urban Walker, Kenny oh. Boyne at that time, and uh the atmosphere was insane. The fans were awesome. Just one of those games where they didn't re- I don't think they made the tournament that year. Uh, but at, at the rack, it's just they were a completely different team. And uh, well, my heart my heart was touched. My heart was my heart was real sad.
2: Better uh, phrasing. Better phrasing. Better phrasing.
1: Look, that can happen. Here's the thing. Which conference has proved the most this season the answer is without a doubt the big Ten because the big Ten the Big Ten walked into the season it's the same thing every year Fanta
2: and they're but, doing it
1: again but <laughs> the, the here's the deal here's the deal you walked into this year and everybody and their mother said that this league was going to be down it hasn't been down Purdue has a case to be the best team in the country. Nobody had that. Maryland is back. They're back to being a competitive program night in, night out. They got UCLA tomorrow night. I like the Terps in College Park in that game because Dante Scott, Julian Reese, like Hakeem Hart, they had talent. Now Kevin Willard's getting the most out of it. Yep. Ohio State, to me, has potential. They're young right now, but I think they're going to keep on – getting better Illinois Illinois is a dark horse team that could make a run in the NCAA tournament Taryn Shannon is that dude and if the real Matthew Meyer shows up they're a dangerous team and I I like Jaden Epps I've been I think Jaden Epps he's proven the most of any individual because Jeff Goodman said on our show last week that when he saw him in the preseason he didn't think much of him at all and Epps has been he was really good against Texas the Hmm. point is The Big 12, we knew was going to be really good. The SEC, we knew it was going to be really good. The league that had something to prove was the Big 10. And the Big 10 has showed that they're going to get seven, eight, nine teams in the NCAA tournament. Jalen Pickett and Penn State, they've proved something in the first month and change. And I wasn't sure if, if they were going to be any good, but they've got experience, poise, and balance. So there's a number of teams. Michigan State has leveled off. But Michigan State beat Kentucky, guys. Michigan State stole the show at the Champions Classic. Indiana is still a top 20 caliber team. We knew what they were going to be. Remember, we walked into the year, guys? We walked into the season and we said, Indiana's the clear number one. And everybody said, the reason why they're the clear number one is because there's no clue on who's going to be number two. I haven't even mentioned Michigan. And you know that Hunter Dickens is going to play a role. And Wisconsin, Wisconsin, I thought would not be very good. But, guys, Tyler Wall, Chucky Hepburn, Stephen Crow,
2: Connor Asijian.
1: Like, Connor Asijian. Connor has been one of the best freshmen that you'll find.
2: He has been. But He's been a good, I'm good.
1: not saying you can both say that you have concerns about the Big Ten's track record in March, and also say that the Big Ten has proven the most thus far this college basketball season. Now, which conference has disappointed the most? Which conference has let you down the most?
2: ACC,
3: ACC.
2: It's me, and I'm just gonna go out go out on a limb and say it because I feel like I'm just fighting a losing battle because I've been back in ACC and back in ACC and back in ACC. I got I, I got no more fight left to give, boys. You got to give me something back. Like this has got to be a two way relationship. If I'm over here trying to preach about the conference, you guys got to do do more. Louisville 0 and 9, and God knows what they're doing. NC State right now, kind of still figuring it out. 9 and 3, pretty good win today. Boston College, we all thought was going to be improved. They're six and six. Georgia Tech, six and four. I'm pretty sure two of their wins are against Division twos, Like, Florida State, three and nine. Think about that. Florida State is three and nine. And the problem that's going to happen, guys, is it's not Kim Palm-related NCAA tournament selections. It's the net. And so what happens, Florida State has a terrible non-con. They're 3-9 and right now. They're going to get healthy in February and be a tough out for anybody in the league. And they're going to beat some teams in the middle of that conference. So they're completely screwing over the ACC because they're going to be good later. But they stink now. So it's going to be really hard to like – it's going to be really hard for the conference to kind of dig out of this same hole. Like three-bit ACC, Patrick, I saw you said that and I didn't like it very much. I think it's a five bid ACC and I think there's a legitimate case for maybe six teams out of 15, but like the, the problem that you're going to run into it's a if you're 15
1: kind of, team league.
2: Yeah. So five, six, five or six. Five well, or six. you
1: should get a third. Huh? You should get a third of your league in if you got you 15.
2: Should. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You should. So Good. five, maybe six, but like you got to keep in mind too. There's been teams that have taken care of business. Like Miami's taken care of business. Virginia's taken care of business. Duke, Virginia Tech, they've taken care of business. Like, and then there's going to be other teams. Wake Forest, I think, is has a shot to make. be, baby. And North Carolina's going to get the, get a chance. Like they're going to get the benefit of the doubt if they're even close. So like, and they're looking more and more like a bubble team. So like, there's going to be five or six teams. But it's it's like those bottom that bottom of the ACC is just going to pull
1: everybody down, and it
2: just it screws you. No, really if you does.
1: lose to Florida State, your season's dead.
2: It's not dead. I, I don't. I'm not going to say it's dead if you lose to Florida State, but you can't have multiple bad losses. And like that's one of those bad losses that not for the it's top really team. To, to but avoid, not
1: for not for the top team. To, but for the middle team.
3: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: For some of the team, if you lost to Florida State or Louisville, your season's greatly killed. I mean, I'm sorry, but you're going to get it's like in the video game when you're shot. And you're down and you need a revival. Like that's what you would need. You know, mm-hmm. like because Florida State's net is in the 280s. hey And they're gonna get healthy. That's the part that stinks. That's the problem. Yeah, the problem the is the problem is Florida State's gonna play spoiler in this league. That's right. And then
2: you also have like you look at the Big Ten, like they're good in the non-con because same reasons as every year, guys. Same reasons as every year. They're old and except for Purdue, but they have Zach Eady, who's the most know. dominant human being since Shaquille O'Neal in college basketball. I... So, like, here's a, he, like, he is going to say, dominant. I mean, Anthony Davis. Stop it. Next question. So, what? like, you met, dude, Cal wouldn't even let him throw it into Anthony Davis. Do you not remember that? Yeah, but it wasn't late. I'm, I'm
3: talking second half of the season, Anthony Davis. Yeah. Okay. Well, this, they we're in the first half of the season. Anthony Davis was unbelievable.
2: Well, we're in he the first half of the season. so much better. Well, he, you're right. But, like, uh, all these guys, all these Big Ten teams, like, we know what they are right now. They're going to win. And what happens is now they have a bunch of quad one opportunities. See, I disagree. Has what,
1: I disagree with that because I don't even think Brian Underwood knows what his Illinois team is right now.
2: Okay, so them. Okay, so I'll give you Illinois. I'll give you Ohio State. Those okay. are the teams that could really improve. Outside of that, who?
1: But but then you're so you're suggesting to me then that that Braden Smith and Fletcher Lawyer like that we won't find new things out about them. No. Okay. Okay.
2: That's an All easy right. answer, that's but a, like but like well, Painter's getting of so much out of them right now, and they're good players. They're they're very very good players. Are they going to carry you through the tournament? We're going to get more out of him. He's a freshman.
3: You're you, you not
2: feeling that at all, Tio. He
1: won't do it. He, he won't. Is budge. What
2: he is. They, they are. What they are. Like it's fine. Like they're playing out of their head right now.
1: Yeah, that's his great. Chris, his Christmas budget is his Christmas budget. Oh man, what so disappointed is uh, Tio? Huh? I know he's I'm not just, caving. So he won't. He won't cave on this. All right. Nope. Here's here's the next question because we are bringing you a bunch of questions tonight. Okay. And now we're at eleven forty nine. Blue blood check in. We think we're going to have Brandon Miller. I haven't I haven't seen anything from Stephen here from Alabama, but we folks stay with us. Brandon Miller off of Alabama's win over Memphis, the superstar freshman, maybe the best freshman in the country. We're going to get him tonight. We're getting him. Mm. Blue blood check in. Choose one of these teams to invest in. I want to see the YouTube chat on this. You could choose one. I give you the option of Kansas. Duke or Kentucky that you can invest in the team that you believe has the highest ceiling, the rest of the season, which school, which program are you picking Patrick Young?
3: I had to go back and look at the numbers and um, see how they're doing it within their own, uh, their own leagues right now. I didn't want to sound biased but I am pretty high on investing in Kentucky basketball. And reason being is okay. that 39% from the three-point line on the season okay. so far. Um, I think it's a, a team that just ha- – Cal always has the team that hasn't linked. Um, I think they have, uh, for the most part, with having Austin Sheway and, and a few other guys that returned from last year, Jacob Toppin, Damian Collins, Xavier Wheeler um, – from that loss last year at St. Peter's. They have so much to prove. My second choice was going to be Duke, because I don't think Dariq Whitehead has found his groove yet, and he is sensational. He's a dude, T.O., as yes, you yes. would say. Uh, also, they're, they're rebounding the ball extremely well uh, right now, have the second-best three-point defense. Um, not super high on Kansas right now, and I, I really like Dewan Harris, um, but Kentucky for me right now is – it, and what I love, too, about Kentucky – 18, 18 and a half assists per game right now. some really getting the ball moving. I thought they were going to be a team that settled for a lot of uh, two pointers, bad shots. Their defense has room to improve. Oscar hasn't become that Oscar from last year just yet. And he's averaging 16 and 13. I'm re- I'm ready for those, that those 20 and 20 games coming. They're coming. Uh, so for me right now, I'm, I'm sitting right there. And, and with Casey Wallace, he's shooting, as I said earlier, he's shooting 51% from three. Mm. Um Something and with two and a half uh, steals per game, he's a dog. He he takes on defense, um, uh, the defensive accountability. He's going to guard the best player. He's going to help this team win. The only real question mark is for me is Xavier Wheeler. Um, how will he, a, a non shooting point guard, help this team stay effective? With all that said,
2: Yep. I'm going to agree. I'm looking in the chat. I'm agreeing with Yuli Burstein and Jared Williams because they picked Duke. And whenever you're evaluating a potential piece of property, a potential investment. What are you looking to do? You're looking to buy cheap. And sometimes you can get young teams for cheap. And that is why I would pick the Duke Blue Devils, because they're just going to continue to improve. And the talent is there. It's got good bones. Now you got to put those guys together and make yeah. them play really well together and see them continue to evolve within their roles and within their teammates' system like more they do that the better they're going to get the more they're going to improve and it's a puzzle piece fit duke team. It, How do you feel is... about Jeremy Roach right now? Well, he's hurt. Yeah. Huh? Okay. Yeah, he's hurt. So so like or he was hurt last game. Like
1: here's a question th- Patrick. I want
3: I want to hear if he's going to say hey, Jeremy Roach is just Jeremy Roach. That's all you're going to get. That's it.
2: <laughs> no, no, no. See see the thing is with Jeremy Roach is he's had to kind of carry the load of trying to create stuff early. Because all the rest of the guys are trying to figure it out. Once Derek Whitehead gets comfortable, like this is a puzzle piece Duke team. This is not a Palo Banquero is the best player on the floor every game he plays in team. Yeah. Like this is a puzzle piece, guys, They're a bunch of role players. Filipowski is the best player on the floor most all- nights. Most nights, he's the best player, but they still need to fit together and he still needs to attack gaps whenever there's room to do so. So I think they all feel together. So, buy low. Where you buy them, that's the most important part of your investment. Buy low. Buy low, baby. Buy low.
1: I like I like Danny Grace, who says, keeping my money in my piggy bank and passing on all three. <laughs> he says, he's so, Danny, who are you buying then? Who are you going to buy, Danny? Scared Look,
2: money don't make none.
1: Oh, do we have Brandon Miller here? Looks like we do here on After Dark. 24 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists. Steven, good to see you. Stephen Gonzalez from Alabama. I it would be. Go find Brandon. Alabama, we know how good they are. Thank you, Steven. We appreciate it. Alabama, a winner tonight, 91 88. The Crimson That's Tide right. are rolling right now, and we are awaiting the superstar freshman, Brandon Miller, who tonight had 24 points, eight rebounds, and five assists in 33 minutes. He shot seven for 13 from the floor, he shot four of eight from three. Terrence Oglesby, you heard about Brandon Miller in the preseason. You talked on the DTF podcast about what you thought of him, what you were hearing about him. From what you heard and now what you're seeing, what comes to mind with what he's been able to do?
2: Well, his skill level at his size is the biggest thing and his ability to put it on the deck, to play off the catch, catch and shoot, really, when guys that do create on that team, he's able to do that as well. He just, he's so versatile in his offensive skill set and they have unlimited length. They have they have shot making and he's one of those big reasons. I thought it showed a lot. Like he started off slow today, had three points in the first half, had 21 in the second and shot good percentages. I know Pat, Pat, like, You're a numbers guy like like he shot great percentages all the way through. And if you looked at his film from when he played at Cambridge High School in Middle Tennessee, goodness, like he looked ridiculous. ridiculous. He looked like Penny. He looked like Penny. And ironically enough, Penny was on the other sideline today. So a little like, bit, little, I
3: saw a little Kobe in there too. I'm not gonna lie to you. A little bit. I I I, wow. I can't compare guys to Kobe. I can't right. compare guys
2: to Kobe. I, I won't flashes. do
3: anything. Some I saw some Kobe flashes. Some some of those moves, those uh getting those tough twos. I was like,
2: mm-hmm. man, I I see who he's been watching this game from. And I feel like no. I feel like he got overlooked a little bit too in AAU. Because he he played with Brad Biel Elite with Nick Smith, and Nick Smith was ball dominant on that team. And uh they had Jeremy Fears who's going to Michigan State next year, and he's ball dominant. So it was like one of these things where he couldn't really show off what he could really do. Mm-hmm. And then now he has that opportunity, like you're seeing the results. Wow, well, him and Nick Smith were on the same AAU team. Yeah. They it was a very they made it to the finals of the Peach Jam and ended up losing.
1: How, how much South. fun is the SEC gonna be?
2: Every night. Murderous Row. Like you look at you look even Mississippi State, you go down to Starkville yeah man like big tough rugged physical like I always look the SEC every year is the most athletic league top to bottom that's the biggest thing
1: and here he is here is Brandon Miller joining us with that big smile 24 points eight rebounds five assists Alabama a winner 91 to 88 Brandon it's it's great to have you with us I think Stephen or you might just have to unmute your Mike uh, from the locker room. Terrence Oglesby is with us. Patrick Young is with us, and I'm, I'm John Fanta. Team. So yeah, it's it's team good team. to see, man. Now we've got you unmuted. So oh. Brandon, Off our
4: team. So I think it. Just Brandon, congrats kick.
1: on the win. Congratulations on the big win. Oh. We'll let you
4: get back and get. Sounds some like treatment.
1: there might be some other audio on your guys' laptop. It's okay. a lot, right? it's it's a a blood man. transfusion. <laughs> Maybe a blood <laughs> transfusion. <laughs> Hold like, on a 2nd Congratulations on we'll the great game.
2: Alabama holds on and knocks off mm-hmm. Memphis you know, in a hard fought so
1: that it's not interfering with on. us. There we go. All right. There we go. Uh, Brandon Miller is with us now in Field of 68 After Dark again. 24 points, eight rebounds, five assists. Alabama wins 91 to 88 over Memphis. Brandon, John, Fancy here. Terrence Oglesby, Patrick Young, with you. Before we talk basketball, we understand that you have a passion for fixing cars. <laughs> Tell uh, us about it.
4: I don't think it's a passion for facing cars. I think I just know a lot about uh real like muscle cars. I think that's something I take pride into like a everything like basketball is just muscle cars. So, I think that's another um kind of a
2: sneaky talent I have. <laughs> so like you and Devin Booker really. Yeah. Like the old old school cars.
4: I like No, uh, uh, I like, I like I'm more of the new school cars. I don't like the, <laughs> the I like some old school cars, but What are you uh, driving? Uh, uh, 2022 Dodge Charger. Okay, there you go. That's Must not bad.
2: That's not bad. Hey, I got to ask you, Brandon, man, we'll, we'll talk about the game a little bit. Tonight was really, really good, But and I hate to bring this up, but I, I admired your performance against Houston, be able to, you know, mentally tough, knock down free throws at the end. It took a second, took the, took the first half, but you exploded, and I think, you know, you to be able to basically break through, Not it wasn't a slump but it was just the ability to keep playing within yourself and it really paid off. It, where does that maturity come from? Yeah. I mean, you're still just a freshman, right? Yeah. I'm a a bit of a freshman. Um, I think that's just, I think
4: it's just basketball. You know, you you miss, you miss shots, you make shots. So I think I just really kept my head and kept playing. You know, my teammates really kept me in the game. You know, they gave me the confidence that I needed. So I feel like I can just, step up to the line and make free throws and get defensive stops or get a, a board that they needed to win the game.
3: Brandon, what's been like, uh, you know, coming into this season, uh, freshman expectations, all that, what's been the biggest adjustment for you, especially coming on under some uh, amazing coaching under coach Oates uh, with your skill. Cause I, uh, you know, I know that you love to the ISO game, get get into the bucket Um Getting those tough twos, and you're playing for a coach that's you know three and D. What's been the the biggest adjustment for you?
4: Um, well, the biggest adjustment that I have was you know uh, our nutritionist she asked me eating every two hours, so you know not what? really not really used to eating every two hours, but, but you know it, really it's just something to get used to. After I mean, we have yeah. great food here, so I, I I can you know I can eat every two hours. Can
1: I come down. Of course,
2: <laughs> <laughs> you can't go down there, man. <laughs> What do they have you <laughs> eating? What are <laughs> their like they practicing like for
1: They're it. feeding the kids every two hours.
2: <laughs>
1: what are you eating? What do you what do you love? Like what you you said the food's great down there. So what are you eating in Tuscaloosa?
4: Uh today before the game, I had, you know, of course, breakfast. You know, that's the most important meal of the day. So I had some French toast, um, some eggs, some bacon, sausage. Um, then I had some just some fruit on the side, you know, pineapples. I think pineapples is probably my favorite fruit now. But pineapples with a um like a protein shake, so I think I think that's a big breakfast. And then before the game around, um maybe four, we had I had chicken, some rice, uh three rolls, and some more fruit. So I mean, <laughs> I think that's the I think that's the beauty here is just is, is it because, because what it was like to so 20? high? You burn <laughs> so many again? calories. Yeah, I think. I think with all the run up and down, I burn a lot of calories, so it just keeps my weight up when I,
2: you know, play. Hey, I gotta, I gotta ask you this too. You guys played a tough Memphis team, like, and they're a lot older than you, right? Like, and you guys fended them off. What can you tell us about Memphis and how they played, and and how they are moving forward in the year? Because they had a guy on there that's twenty six years old, man. Like, it's a bunch (laughs) of old, rugged dudes. Well, I mean, I went to the game last year
4: in Memphis. Uh, I really picked up that, you know, Penny preaches to them that physicality and you know, you know, Memphis is always gonna be a scrappy team. So I just went in the game knowing they was gonna be scrappy and you know, getting beat up um every time I catch the ball or off the ball. So kind of just kept my head and just played through it.
1: Brandon, watching you and Noah Clowney has been really impressive what's your bond like with him
4: stretch that's my guy I try to get dinner with him every night (laughs) but you know he's a he's a young athlete so he likes to he's still napping every hour so it's kind of (laughs) hard to get him out of the bed so I mean he's definitely gonna shock the world as young as he is but I think he's he's better than what 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 the world sees now
1: and to follow on that when you look around the climate of college basketball, when the, when the casual person, not, not one of us three who are involved in the game, like I, I find it fascinating that you're at Alabama, because you know this. There's there's a lot of kids who are going to look at Duke, Kentucky, Kansas. A, a, in that class, in that realm, what is it about Alabama and Coach Oates that you would say? to another kid that's looking for a destination that here's why you should be a member of the Crimson Tide. This is what's happening here.
4: Well, I mean, I preached to the recruits that um, I think Coach O's has, you know, one of the best coaching staff around him and him as a him him as himself by himself. He brings the best bond with recruiting. So, you know, I mean, he stuck with me the whole recruiting way. Never didn't answer a phone call or he never went a week without calling me. So I think that's the best thing is just the bond. I kind of chose my school off the bond that I had with the coach and what I wanted to bring to the team.
1: Jens, anything else?
2: No I, no, I, I got one question. And it, cause I, cause I'm from Cleveland, Tennessee. So Cleveland. tell me
1: <laughs> what
2: makes Tennessee dudes different. Cause I know Cambridge, that's a fairly new high school. What makes Tennessee dudes different? Um, I think it's all in the water. You know, it's it's different
4: places out here that got different water. You know, I think Tennessee water is different. You know, <laughs> tough we got, dudes. You got, uh, got Darius Garland that comes out. Uh, Robert Covington. You know, you got a lot of good athletes that come out of Tennessee. So I think it's just um, the water in
2: Tennessee. <laughs> yeah, toughness. That water's a little salty, so it's like you gotta like it. It, it doesn't taste all that great going down, but it it, it gets you tough. It yeah. Gets you
3: tough. <laughs> I I got one for you. Uh, Jeff Goodman said that when you met Jason Tatum, you didn't know who he was. Is that true?
4: I was at uh, you know, I'm I'm young. I didn't really know who he was. Walks past me. Oh, that's JT. I'm like, I don't know who that is. And then later How out. How old were you then? Uh 15 is when I was playing 15 with Brad Bill. It was the game before before we played, um, the game we played on Monty Bates. And he watched he sat right next to our bench watching the game. And I think I had caught my own pullback or something. He got up and they told me I was like, "Man, you got Jason Tatum off his off his seat, man. You must be pretty good." So I was like, "I don't really know." Yes, so I went to the crib, did some research. I was like, "Oh, this guy's in the league. He must be good or something."
1: <laughs> Brandon, in this interview, you eat every two hours. Noah Clowney sleeps every hour. <laughs> Could I play for your team? Of
4: course, man. You know, <laughs> you gotta build a you gotta build a bond with Oats. You know.
1: <laughs> I'll just hang out in the corner, let you two do work.
4: <laughs> no, you got to get involved, man. It's not me and his. Okay, involved. all right. Well,
1: well, then, well yeah,
4: you got to shoot it.
1: <laughs> who Who's the guy? Last two questions here from us. Number one, who's the guy or guys that Brandon Miller, when you're on YouTube and you're rolling through, like watching other guys play or just favorite thing to watch, somebody in the NBA all time or present, like who do you just love watching? Uh, Indiana Indiana Pacers, Paul George. You
4: now I I kind of compare my game to him a lot. The the Pacers, Paul George, because you know his athleticism before the the leg injury. Um, I think that's the biggest comparison I have now.
1: And the final question is this: I always wonder what does a player do after uh, you get another big win? It comes over Memphis. Nonetheless, it's it's a Tuesday night. What are you about to do over the next 60 to 90 minutes?
4: Um, well, we got to lift after the game, so I'm about to go in the way room get big a little bit, you know? You really you to We got to lift. after. It. It's, like a, it's kind of like a recovery lift. It's not too hard, but, you know, it's going to be hard enough where you can get, you know, your muscles stronger. And,
2: you know, of course, eat. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you got to eat more, man. Hey, Brandon, great game, man. You've been a pleasure to watch play all year. I mean, Thank it's you. been a real treat.
1: Brandon Miller, thanks for taking the time with us. Congratulations on another win and a, a great performance. 24, 8, and 5 for the superstar freshman. And we appreciate you stopping by Field of 68 after dark. Thank you. Brandon Miller, there he is. Alabama, a winner, 91 to 88. And we thank Stephen Gonzalez. We always want to thank our SIDs. There are so many great ones. And it's not easy to always arrange these things live, and they did. Guys, There are a lot of interviews that we do on this show. T.O., you've talked with countless players. Pat, you're getting into this now and talking with guys. Uh, I would say that in about 10 minutes, I knew Brandon Miller was going to be one of the top picks in the NBA draft. After hearing Brandon Miller talk and watching his behavior, uh, if you're an NBA organization, you should be trying to get this guy tomorrow.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think absolutely. so. He, he's a total package. He's a total, total package. And I thought it was cool that he said he watches Paul George because you could see a little Paul George whenever he stacked the it. basket on that and one. Like, yeah. there, that was very Paul George-esque.
3: Yeah, right, right when he said it. it was like, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. What an impressive interview. What an impressive interview. All right, let's cap it here quickly. Tell me who's on your nice list and who's not on your nice list. Who's on your nice list and who's getting coal? I asked you guys this during the day. To, what'd you do?
2: All right. So, how, how many? How many do we have? How many? Three, we will... three. Three. All right. So I'm not gonna have three, dude. So for the first time in his life, the first time in his life, Danny Hurley is on the nice list. Wow. <laughs> Danny Hurley is on the nice list. There's no coal in his stocking this year. And they, the refs have put an emphasis on body language on the sideline. What have you seen from Danny Hurley? Perfect behavior, perfect behavior for Danny Hurley and UConn. And he's coaching those boys to a number one ranking that I think they deserve, guys. So UConn, Danny Hurley, but Danny Hurley, he's on the nice list. So I'll give him that. Uh, The other nice list. Let's go ahead. I'm going to throw some other ones on there. Virginia, you obviously deserve it, and then Alabama tonight because they beat a team that – really, a team full of guys who could you know go to Hertz, rent a car, and take one off the lot. So, like, for all those, those young guys to be able to do that, uh, to, to play a team that old and that veteran, like it's pretty good. It's pretty good. So, those are my three that are on the nice list.
3: We, we're, we're in alignment because uh, Danny Hurley and the Yukon Huskies made my nice list as well. Uh, Kevin Hurley or Kevin Willard over at Mar- uh, with his boys in Maryland. they've made my nice list and the volunteers whose pants I still will never accept. I will never accept the Tennessee volunteer pinstripe pants, but with playing the number one having the number one defense in the country, you absolutely make the nice list.
1: So did either of you two make a naughty list? I did. All right, go ahead, Pat.
3: Brayton. The Blue Jays are definitely on my 90 list right now. I don't know what's what's going on. Uh the, the loss to Nebraska just had me spiraling this then uh Illinois uh next. Really? List. As of late. Penn State, man. Come on. Well it should Hey, Penn State's good now.
1: I'm not saying good, that But losing it's by easy fifteen easy at home. But State. that's harsh. You're a heart. I mean, okay.
3: Um, they're, they're just naughty right now. It's not like for the whole year. You know, Christmas is up in you. 12 days. And then I got Auburn. Auburn's on my naughty list. Uh, why and why Auburn? Huh? Why Auburn? Well, I, I haven't seen much change. They, they haven't fixed any of their problems from last year. <laughs> hey,
2: that's, that's a good point. That's, that's, a, point. that's, that's, a, really that's yeah. a good point. That's my answer. Such a good answer by I, you. I,
1: yeah. yeah.
2: That's a really good It's true.
1: Good I mean, they, they don't look that different.
2: They don't look, they don't look that different.
1: By the way, I have to say, Danny Grace is the commenter of the night. This is my favorite comment I've seen all season. Oh, man. Danny's, Danny's a Louisville fan. By the way, they're on the naughty list. They would top the naughty <laughs> list. <laughs> they won the naughty list. Yeah, they won Louisville it. has won the naughty list. My naughty list is Louisville, Cal, and Tony Patelis. <laughs> By <a wide> <laughs> uh, Danny Grace said, you love that, Patrick. Danny Grace said, fading my own team, Louisville, each game. I'm then taking the winnings and reinvesting into our NIL program for our football team. That is <laughs> unbelievable. Cool. So this guy, this guy is basically betting against Louisville basketball every game. He's so mad at them that he's then taking the winnings and he's still, he's still being a fan.
2: Yep. They got my a collective t- over there. It's admirable. It's admirable. He's
1: taking the money and investing it into football.
2: Mm. Yeah, times are tough. Times are tough for the. Crowd, do they, they have a collective
3: over there at uh, Louisville.
2: I'm sure they do. I'm
1: sure they do. Yeah, I'm sure they do. Hey, they we didn't it. put
2: Marquette on the nice list, man. Yeah. Well,
1: yeah, I didn't get to my nice list yet. My so nice you, list, uh, yeah. My nice list is Chris Jans and Mississippi State. I like it. And your guy Tolu Smith. Mm. who's been terrific shaka smart and marquette absolutely make it i mean they, they they have really impressed and then you gotta give tommy lloyd in arizona have to a nod to the yes. nice list Arizona's a final four candidate and i'm not sure how many people thought that they lost three of the top 31 nba draft picks and they've just reloaded mm. they have reloaded Azulis Tabellus is one of the best players in the country right now. And he and Omar Ballo have formed one of the best duos in the front court in the country, if not the best. So there's my naughty. There's my nice. The comments have been amazing tonight. Uh, A lot of Brandon Miller.
2: Hey, are we going to do three cheers? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Give us a toast. No, no, I didn't know if we were or not. Because if we weren't, I was going to. Normally start with that three cheers. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to cheer to uh, North Carolina tonight. Oh, that's what I was going to do. The North, mm-hmm. I'm cheering in North Carolina. You know why they had, tw- they had 24 assists today. Okay. They had 24 assists today. Now it was the Citadel. Like, let's not get it twisted. But sometimes guys, sometimes like they play a loaded non-conference. They're playing in all these invited events and all that stuff. They turn around and then they have to go straight to Virginia Tech. I get all that, they, but they've been a selfish team for the most part. They're turning it around, and sometimes these buy games can be the best time to get right because now you've figured out your real issues against some of the best teams in the country. You get a couple of buy games, and you can work on specific your specific weaknesses, and then you can find a way to get it rolling as conference play comes up. So good on them. Cheers to North Carolina. All right. Hey, and on my naughty list, on my naughty list, hey, Big Ten, the entire conference, you deceitful bunch. <laughs> You deceitful oh, bunch. Up. Every year, you deceitful bunch just to come and trick Fanta into believing all this hype.
1: Patrick, go ahead. I've just
3: sent T.O. Send a not-so-friendly message. There you go.
1: <laughs> Got it. <laughs> so, Pat, so Patrick just... just <laughs> Okay, Patrick, go ahead. <laughs> For those who don't know, Pat, Patrick just... <laughs> Just put hey. in the Zoom chat, which is not public knowledge on the show, that he can eat a bag of you know what chips. No, it wasn't popcorn. <laughs> Go
3: chips.
1: ahead, Pat. Go ahead,
3: Pat. Uh, Have some gluten free chips. Uh, well, I will. Uh, I was going to say North Carolina for different reasons. Uh, Toast and I hitting 100 points and feeding the fans some free biscuits. That's <laughs> really all I got. That's it. Is
1: that what they get down there if they hit they 100? got some biscuits the fans get biscuits that's yeah Jeez. well all you have to do is go in the alabama cafeteria to find those i mean yeah no kidding every
2: two it. hours they have biscuits so- on standby biscuits on standby in tuscaloosa you, have you ever heard football of football team, team you look at brandon miller
1: you ever lift after a game yeah later that my- was new to me
3: well the uh the idea behind it is uh you make your hard days like maximize the toughness of that day and then your rest day, like, you literally do nothing on your rest day. So you maximize it. All
1: okay. right. My three cheers goes out to a Division three program tonight. Shout out to you. The Mary Harden Baylor Crusaders. Well done. Took on Texas State tonight. They led the whole game. That's right. Mary Harden Baylor. The Crusaders led the whole game. A 25-point performance by Josiah Johnson, who's from Big Sandy, Texas. Well, tonight, Josiah, you are Big Sandy because Mary Harden-Baylor led wire to wire. They hit nine threes. They missed only three free throws in the entire night. They held the Texas State Bobcats to two of 17 from three. By the way, Texas State, you lost to a Division three team. I mean, by God, I hope they're still lifting or taking shots or something. To Mary Harden-Baylor, good on you. Big time win. You get my three cheers tonight. And by the way, big announcement at the Field of 68 before we head out. For the first time ever, the Field of 68 media network will broadcast a college basketball game. That's right. We're jumping into live game production, and our debut is Saturday, 4.30 Eastern Time at the Greenville Winter Classic down at Bone Secours Arena in Greenville. Furman and Stephen F. Austin, Paladins, Lumberjacks, big-time stage. I'll have the call with Terrence Oglesby to my right, with Rob Dalster on the sidelines. We cannot wait to cover Furman, Stephen F. Austin, Saturday afternoon, 4.30 Eastern time. Join us on YouTube. We'll even have the laptop out and we'll have the chat up. We'll engage with you during the game. That's right. You're not getting engagement on college basketball broadcasts. You're going to get it from us at the Field of 68. We'll take your questions. We'll look at at what you're saying. It's a great mid-major matchup. T.O., why should people watch Saturday? Well, I, both teams.
2: I mean, Stephen F. Austin made the tournament. They have some big-time guards that we're going to be able to see. And Furman's got two players that are really, really, really good. And Mike Bothwell is averaging over 20 points a game. And Jalen Slauson, who is the league's defensive player of the year, and is a legit pro prospect. So th- there's players on the floor. Bob Ritchie has done a nice job at Furman. And they just continue to get better. They have a legit shot. It's two potential NCAA tournament teams that we're going to be watching uh, come Saturday. So it's good. Make sure you tune in. This is going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be very different than typical broadcaster concerned. We're going to be going back and forth and what better way to watch a solid mid-major matchup
1: than with John Fanta and Rob Doster. It'll be fun. Here's <laughs> what we can guarantee tonight. Brandon Miller was awesome, both yep. against Memphis and on our show. Patrick Young, made a remark about a school in new jersey that i can't unsee now um and this trio will never ever be asked to work a show with each other again (laughs) on this channel i mean i mean if it were up to trevor he'd probably have us work every night but it very much is not but it has been a pleasure and we hope that we entertained you over the last hour and 19 minutes we are back tonight yes tonight 11 p.m eastern time with a new trio check out the field of 68 daily at 8 a.m mike miller will have it in your inbox subscribe check out the newsletter it's your best fix for college basketball field of 68 daily go to field of 68.shop check out the merchandise and thank you for watching after dark which is always sponsored by our friends at bet rivers for pat young to i'm john fanta sleep well everybody